Hello and welcome to Eat This Podcast with me, Jeremy Charthus. Today, Pasta Grannies, a YouTube channel and Instagram account that are amazingly popular. And my own granny, my mother's mother, was a pretty good cook and especially good at cakes and pastries. One of her specialities was a proper apple strudel, completely from scratch. She'd walk around the kitchen table, gradually stretching out the dough till it was so thin you could almost read a newspaper through it. Truth is, I don't know whether I actually remember seeing her do that or whether I just think I remember it because I've heard my own mother say it so often. In any case, I'd like to think that my granny would have made a fine pasta granny, if strudel dough counts. Pasta grannies is the creation of Vicky Benison, and her book, just recently published, has already found its way onto some of the best of 2019 lists. Vicky was in Rome recently to launch the book here, a fine opportunity for a chat. It's about the women and how best to present those women. And I rapidly came to the conclusion that it wasn't writing about them, um, it was actually videoing them, because pasta making is such a physical process. And also you don't really catch, capture the, the twinkle in their eyes and their personality and things like that. So I picked up a video camera. And I think people were surprised because I was... I suppose describing myself as a food writer at that point, but I don't think I do that anymore, even though I've got a book out. It's, it's about pasta grannies in the round, if you like. I suppose you call it a brand, but that sounds too commercial. Yeah, I mean, it, it clearly is a brand. Um, yeah. But, I, I mean, essentially, the, the, the channel is showing us grannies making pasta. It, it, it's very it, simple. It, it does what it says on the tin. It's very simple as an idea. It's grannies making pasta. And, uh, you know, it seems to have worked. It, it strikes a chord. I think people like pasta a lot, but they adore the grandmothers. And how did... I know this is a very trite question, but yeah. how did you get... St what, what, what got you started? Well, I was faffing around. <laughs> um, I, I, I have a house in Italy, um, in La Marche. Um, and I was doing some research for a book which never saw the light of day and in that process um, noticed that it was only older women who were making pasta by hand on a daily basis. Um, you know, younger women are all, like the rest of us, too busy, ferrying kids around to school, that kind of thing, um, and don't do it and still rely on nonna to, you know, on, particularly for Sunday lunch to sort of put food on the table. So... And I thought, oh, you know, this is interesting. It's, you know, we've already been through that process in the UK. We've lost all those traditional ideas and um, cooking techniques. Um, you know, we all buy our pastry um, from the supermarket. And so let's, let's make a record of these women. And so the first one was actually the grandmother of our local supermarket manager. And she came over one uh, day with... Alessandro, the grandson, and it turned out they had never cooked before together. So I thought, you know, this is mad. <laughs> um, let's let's do something about it. So that's how it got started. And in the beginning, I was only doing, you know, one granny a month or something. And then the sort of YouTube gods kind of suck you in, and the algorithms say you have to upload regularly. And so that's how it got started as a, a once a week upload. And it's a full time job. <laughs> 
it must be a full-time job finding grannies. Yeah. Oh, yes, finding grannies. So I have a, a granny finder. Um, she's called Livia De Giovanni, and she's from Faenza. And uh, she and I work together kind of identifying where we want to film, who we want to film. And it's her job to persuade them into saying yes. And that's a remarkable skill because <laughs> no one ever volunteers themselves to be on the channel. They have to be persuaded. And so a lot say no. Um, and then some change their minds as we march up to the front door, which is thankfully very rare, but it has happened. Um, and she's, I always say Livia works her magic because she somehow, even if that happens, she finds someone else. So, yeah, it's um, a, a team effort, um, Pasta Grannies. And how do you go about deciding who to film? I mean, does Livia pre, pre-screen them for you? <laughs> no. um, so we have criteria. We, we say as old as possible and a minimum age of 65, and we have broken that rule. Um, we've had a, um, a, mother, a grandmother who's uh, now 46, but she was 44 when we filmed her. Um, we've even had, you know, 23-year-olds because they've got a specific skill, which is remarkable, like making cooler journeys. Um, and uh, they need to be housewives rather than professional cooks. Um, we don't want to see uh, restaurants and things like that. So usually we find them through um, Prolocos, um, which are those little promotional organizations attached to Communes, um and uh, through Sagras, the organisers of uh, food festivals. And we've had one or two people come through and sort of volunteer their own grannies, but usually they have other ideas, the grandmothers. The, the individuals are so enthusiastic about, oh, my grandmother's great, and granny goes, mm. <laughs> no. <laughs> one of the things that's interesting watching them um, is that they are many of the dishes they're making are very... Not idiosyncratic, but particular to their town, their region. Um, they're kind of local, very local variants on pasta. Um, is that part of why you're capturing them? Uh, yes. In the beginning, I said it was a Noah's Ark of different um, pastas. And I think I never say that this is the right recipe or the only recipe, because I think you you can go from one village to the next and find a variation um, and I always say you know it's it's Maria's recipe because I think even at a household level um, they can you know the, one of the you know members of the family dislike garlic so it instantly changes so I think it's quite a lot more anarchy if you like there are people saying this is the official recipe well you know at a household level no one cares <laughs> about the official recipe they, this is our way this is the way we've always done it and that's the fabulous nature of Italian cooking, I think. Yep. But given that you've got tens of thousands of viewers for, yeah. for, for lots of the Pasta Granny shows, do you think they're spreading now? Do you, think, do you think that you are in some way also spreading these recipes? Yes. Um, I feel that I'm inspiring people, not I, but the grandmothers are inspiring people to have a go at cooking from scratch. I think there's an underlying bigger idea of cooking something from scratch. Uh, I, I think it's inevitable. It's like if you have a recipe in Faenza that uses like capoletti and it's using a specific cheese that you can't even get in Bologna, and then you're asking someone from New York to cook that recipe, 
there's going to be another change as well. So, you know, what is authentic? I don't know. But I think as long as you're inspired by seasonality and um, cooking something from scratch, that's the most uh, important thing for me. And I'm not too worried about what is authentic with a capital A. Does that make sense? Um, it makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> Phew! <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, authenticity is a whole subject. I know, we- it's a real... It's, oh, it's, you could go for hours on that one, but I'm, I'm a pragmatist about that kind of thing. A pragmatist, but very much in the real world. <laughs> yes. Well, that's what I'm filming, is the real world. So I've come to various conclusions about Italian cooking, and um, I don't know if it kind of sits with what everybody else is saying, but it's. <laughs> I just say, look, I'm just passing it on, you know. I'm the curator rather than the, the expert. You say people are cooking from scratch. I was kind of surprised. A lot of the grannies use tin tomatoes... Uh. Actually, quite a lot of the grannies make their own passata kind of on a yearly basis. And yes, you will find the tins of tomatoes, but I think, you know, realistically, those tins are going to be better quality in the middle of winter than fresh tomatoes. So, so I sort of wince a bit um, when I see, you know, packets of grated parmigiano coming out. Um, but that's the reality is, that, you know, grannies do like modern things. It's not like they're stuck in the past. And I wish they would get rid of their plastic plates. It's like, no, no, we've got to find the one white plate that you have in your kitchen <laughs> to film. But the plastic tubs of uh, yes. plastic tubs of Parmigiano, I can understand you wincing at that. But it is nice that here in Italy you can go into an alimentari, buy 100 grams of Parmesan, and they'll, and they'll do it for you right there. Oh, yes. You know, freshly grated is fine. Um, it's just the kind of something indeterminate. But that, that's also a question of um, economics. I mean, not everybody can afford... The Parmigiano. So you've got even here in Italy, you, as you know, you've got these kind of cheaper alternatives, um, which come out. Yeah. Yeah. How often do you make your own pasta? I do make pasta. I we, we've just been talking about old wheat, heritage wheat, and actually I quite like experimenting with those. I like more of the kind of whole wheat approach to pasta making I think the nutty flavor of it of it but uh, you know I'm a lot of things I'm a director a producer um, <laughs> there are other people who are experts so I sympathize with people who get anxious about it but I'm I'm personally I think if you're going to make pasta by hand uh, you you know you've got a choice of gadgets you've got your rolling pin or you've got your macinetta your little pasta making machine personally I think the, the pin is easier I find that little machine you know it just goes squiggly and I don't know what's happening with it and I think it's much more straightforward and you're more in control and you produce a better better pasta actually because the wood on wood thing does make a nice sort of little bit more rough texture I find I I have made pasta occasionally very occasionally um, and I do use the machine and it yeah. goes squiggly and, and, and all of that <laughs> The thing, the thing that distresses me is that I can spend all afternoon making pasta and the guests slurp it up in about three seconds flat and say, hmm, that was good. It doesn't seem worth it in terms of the effort I put in to the yeah. pleasure of eating it. Yes. <laughs> I think you've got to enjoy the process. I mean, you, you can't just look at it from the end product's point of view. And, I mean, that is why fewer and fewer people are making it. Um, uh, there is a qualitative difference to your homemade pasta, as with everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So I would encourage people to do it, and under, understandably, under, uh, it's if you can't get around to doing it, fine. If you're going to buy your pasta, do please buy the better quality products, the dried pasta. Um, it makes such a difference, I think, paying a few more pence for your packet. I, I agree with you, and I, I've never been able to understand the appeal, certainly in the UK, to machine-made fresh pasta, which to me is the worst of all possible worlds. It is a bit dodgy. <laughs> but um, I think that's... I don't know quite why people do that, but I I'm actually love dried pasta. I think there is... I like the chewiness of it, and, you know, my... My local favourite in La Marque is uh, one called Pasta Mancini. They're, they're good fun. They're a great team. And um, they grow their own grain um, so they can monitor what's being put into um, their machinery, you know, their flour. They have it kind of ground to order and, and that kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, it's just a great pasta. It's, it's, and it, and they, um, I think um, they said, you know, a good packet of pasta, we're going off piste here because we're not talking about pasta grannies, but before we return, um, if you open a packet of pasta, it should smell of wheat. It should smell lovely and nutty. And, well, and the other point about good pasta, we are off piste, I agree, <laughs> but the other point I would make is that, frankly, the price difference is trivial. I mean, it's maybe it's double, but you're getting so much more for it. I agree entirely, yes. Yeah. Mm. Earlier you said it's a sort of Noah's Ark of yeah. pasta grannies making. Mm. And a couple of them feature grandchildren. Yes. But is there a case now, maybe, for you starting to say, well, let's see you teaching your grandchildren, or are they just not interested? Okay, so there's a big issue around filming children. You have to have, um, you know, in triplicate about permission to film them um, and that kind of thing. So... If they insist on being with their grannies, then that's fine. But I think um, one needs to be careful about, about, you know, privacy and all those sorts of issues. Um, so that's why we don't do it more often. Okay, but leaving that aside, are the grannies teaching their children how to make pasta? Um, it varies around Italy, I think. Um, I think where there are strong pasta-making traditions in Sardinia and in Romagna, you'll see more of that. But I think elsewhere, I mean, particularly like the Veneto, where it's very difficult to find people still making pasta by hand because, it's, it's, you know, they're wealthier up there, and so there's no need. I mean, I've been having, I have this slight obsession with Bigoli, and there is a... <laughs> they're kind of handmade spaghetti basically and there's this wonderful gadget called a, a Tokyo <laughs> and now they're just used as plant stands it's this ridiculous kind of hobby horse looking thing which um, you have to sit across <laughs> and then turn the handle to produce this pasta but I've never been able to find someone actually in the Veneto to make it is it Sardinia yes um England, yes, <laughs> but, but not there in the place of origin, but it's quite fun. So it, it is overall, it's, it's dying out? No, I think it's changing. I think, I think you know, it's becoming professionalised. And I, what's particular about these women is that they have the muscle memory. They, these women have been making pasta since they were five years old. So that kind of rhythm and confidence is what we're going to lose a little bit even if you make it once a week it's not the same you won't make it the same as one of these women so it's about celebrating them 
Um, you know, one shouldn't be too sort of misty-eyed about the past. They were only um, doing this because they had to, <laughs> you know, to put food on the table, to buy pasta, dried pasta. You had to have the disposable income to do it. So, you know... <laughs> it's, it's a salutary thought that the difference between buying flour and buying pasta was something that people took into consideration. Oh, very much so, yes, and even eggs. I mean, if um, people usually say, you know, central and northern Italy is the egg pasta, um, which is made with the grano tenero soft wheat pasta. But actually, 50 years ago, they didn't always put the, you know, the, the holy ratio is one egg for every 100 grams. Well, that didn't always happen. Um, if you could sell an egg, you would. Um, so, you know, that's the big change, is this improvement in people's circumstances. It's interesting that there's quite a range of, as it were, popularity um, for, for the videos. I mean, some get 20, 30, 40,000 views, and, and, well, one got 400,000 views. I'll come on to that in a minute. I mean, obviously, some, like Letizia, the oldest pasta granny, yes. she's still the oldest pasta granny, but she got, she got a lot of views, and that's because she's, in the some oldest. sense, unique. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Still, yeah, she's a hundred, <laughs> and so we can say she's the oldest pasta granny in the world. So that's always a good selling line. You know, all the over over nineties are special, so they always get a lot of views. Sometimes the videos uh, don't get many views, a because they're an earlier video, I think, um, and also I've decided to film something very obscure, and you know, no one's heard of it, so they don't click on it. <laughs> But it's interesting to me that the, the most popular video is of a pasta granny in America, in New Jersey. Um, why do you think Nonna Maria got 400,000 views, which is like four times more than anybody else? Um, because the viewers are largely American. Well, it's a significant minority of the audience is in America. And now that's about the size of America but also um, the huge Italian-American community over there. And she's lovely. <laughs> oh, they're all lovely. I mean, that's not the issue. That doesn't get you. Um, and, and I think YouTube's algorithm picks up on what gets promoted throughout people's viewing experience, and that, that affects it as well. So it's something that I don't have control over, over is what um, videos appear in people's feeds. And now you've got the book, and one of the things that's absolutely obvious is that as the, the, the grannies have been making pasta for decades. They have muscle memory, they have visual memory, they never measure anything. No, they don't. How did you translate that into recipes for a book? Yes, <laughs> they had to be tested, and that's the thing about making pasta is that you can give um, quantities but even so in the end it comes down to being an art you you know flour misbehaves <laughs> I mean, you know if, if you've if it's a colder day if it's a hotter day if the humidity changes you'll need a little bit more water or a little bit more egg and you have to have the confidence to say okay that's what I'm going to do to make this pasta feel right um, which is why I like making pasta by hand. It's because it's kind of that textural thing and you're having fun with it. I think that's what you have to remember is it's got to be fun for you to make. <laughs> and it is. 
one of the things I saw in one of the, I can't remember which one, was a granny using an empty eggshell to measure the water. Ah, um, yes. How do you, how, uh, you know, how, much, <laughs> how much water does an eggshell contain? I don't know. <laughs> I suppose about 65 mils because it's a 65 gram egg. But uh, yeah, that, that's, that's good. That saves washing up, doesn't it? <laughs> it saves washing up. But I'm, I, I should think it makes turning it into a, a quote-unquote recipe a little bit more difficult. Yeah, fortunately, you know, we take it away. We know um, through experience how the pasta should be, so we don't have to do eggs, eggs that Do you have either a favorite pasta granny? No, that would, mm. be, that would be invidious, asking yes. you to choose one. But do you have a favorite filming experience? You know, I love I love the ones where it turns into a party. <laughs> and there have been several of those where, you know, half the village turns up. And then, of course, you've got to eat the pasta. I mean, that's why I'm the shape I am is because I'm, I'm filming pasta th- sort of three or four sessions a day. And they're making it for us, not YouTube. And so we have to eat it. <laughs> um, but, the, you know, a bottle of wine gets put on the table and, and everyone's away. You know, that's a party. Looking at them, some of the pasta grannies seem to have seen a lot of cooking shows on television, uh, and some of them clearly haven't. Yes. Um, do you find that? I mean, I see that as a viewer, but do you find that when you're making the shows? Yes, there are not that many. I'm thinking of Maria, who makes Capaletti. She she always has... Um, she's, you know, sufficiently interested in her cooking. It's kind of like... The development of cooking shows has increased her appreciation of making pasta. So she's had the, the confidence to now um, experiment with different brands of flour. So she adds a little bit of um, durum wheat flour to her dough instead of just having only soft wheat flour. So she's done things like that. She's worked out her own percentages and stuff. And I think the cooking programs have been the catalyst for that. She hasn't been completely stuck in tradition, which I like. It's a bit of a treadmill, a show a week, and, yes. and you said you're sometimes filming three or four times a day. Yeah. How long do you see going on forever till you run out of grannies, or do you see something else on the horizon? Uh, that's, that's an interesting question. Um, it is a bit of a treadmill, but one that I enjoy still, and I'm always, um, as long as, I'll do it as long as I keep enjoying it, and there are grannies to film. Um, I would love to... S- we haven't finished with Italy, by the way. I mean, we haven't made it down to Calabria. And we haven't done, you know, the, the Alps over towards Friuli and Trentino and places like that. So we need to get there. And, you know, we haven't... There are still regions and pastas to discover. So I'm, I'm always on the lookout for new grannies and new pastas and, and, and things. But it would also be nice to sort of move into Croatia. And, and they don't have as many pastas. And Greece, you know, the Yaya still have some pasta recipes, so it'd be fun to kind of make a record of them, you know. Pasta Grannies goes to Greece. <laughs> Vicky Benison, pursuing pasta grannies wherever they may be. Now that pasta machine she mentioned from the Veneto is a torchio. It's a kind of screw press. You load it up with dough, turn the handle, and your pasta is extruded through specially designed holes at the bottom of the press. You can still buy them new, but if you know someone in the Veneto who still uses a torchio, I'm sure Vicky would love to hear from you. 
I'll put a link to the Pastor Granny's book in the show notes at eatthispodcast.com, along with some other information. Maybe even a link to the episode where Ken Albala talked about homemade noodles. And one tip Vicky gave me, if you want to get into making your own fresh pasta, is to start with some of the shapes that don't need rolling the dough out thinly. Things like cavatelli, orecchietti, and trofie. I'm off to practice and to come to the spirit of my own granny. Thanks to everybody who supports the show with a donation. Please consider joining them. And don't forget, you can follow me on Twitter at EatPodcast and on Instagram at EatThisPodcast. But the best place remains the website, eatthispodcast.com. Till the next time, goodbye and thanks for listening.